Torch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number eight. Welcome to episode number eight, which means that we have done seven other podcasts. We'd love for you to check those out, mainly for the reason for you to kind of get going and understanding a little bit more about the Bible, that it would kind of feel you and help you take the next step of digging into passages a little bit deeper. Like for instance, uh, we were in a passage, episode number one was Ecclesiastes 7.13. I would love for you to read the whole chapter of Ecclesiastes 7. It's an incredible chapter. And then, hey, maybe you're crazy and you're like, I'm going to dig into the whole book. That is awesome. That is the purpose of this podcast is this is just a little drop in the bucket in the hopes that you take a next step, a deeper step on your own to understand and learn the word of God. Um, our family is a beach family. I don't know if you're a beach family, and uh, but our family is. It's so interesting to me. We live in Southern California, and when we moved here, we would ask people, like, you go to the beach? And people would be like, no, we never go to the beach. I'm like, how do you never go to the beach? It's, it's heaven on earth. Uh, so our family, we go to the beach almost every single weekend. If you're not by a beach, you need to get towards a beach sometime because it's, it's where God speaks. Anyway, so uh, we are at San Clemente, San Clemente Pier right over in that area. We love that beach, love that area. We had rented a house, um, an Airbnb uh, for the week for our family vacation, having an awesome time, just walking around, hanging out, hang out uh, on in the sand, all that kind of stuff. So we start walking down the path and there is this guy and he's got this, have you seen these things? They're like massive bubble things. Like they make not little small bubble, bubbles, uh, but they make these massive, huge bubbles. So this guy's, you know, slinging it into this solution and then throwing these huge bubbles in the air. And by huge, I'm talking like 12, 15 foot, uh, foot bubbles. They're massive. And so we're walking down the beach. Mika, my daughter, who just turned nine, so I think this is when she was eight years old, she sees this bubble and it is like there is nothing more precious on the whole world. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And she's like awestruck. She doesn't want to leave. She's got so many questions for this guy. Like, how did you get these bubbles so big? Is this what you do for a living? She is mind blown by the by the by the creativity in all this, the vastness of this bubble. And then she started chasing them down and, and then all the kids are running around. And I was watching all these kids' face, including my daughter, and going, look how happy they all are. I mean, these kids are so happy. I actually saw a kid put his cell phone down. I know, crazy. He was watching, he was playing, probably playing uh, Minecraft or Fortnite or something like that, or Pokemon Go. But he saw this bubble and it was like, this is the only thing that really matters in life. I mean, he, they were just losing their little kitty minds running around and seeing uh, this bubble. And she was so full of joy. They were all so full of joy. And I started sitting back and I started watching that, really kind of watching it and going, we have made life so complicated. We have missed really, really significant things because we're always looking for the, like the big and the vast and the better and the faster, all those types of things. And here is just simplicity and joy and these kids were having the best times and so it started to make me kind of work through um, this idea that sometimes the things we don't think are all that valuable or all that important end up being the most valuable sometimes the things that we don't think matter like bubbles 
we start realizing like, no, look how they're bringing joy to an entire beach. Look at these children. These children are losing. They're going to talk about this forever, about how this guy showed up on a beach and made this huge uh, bubble. And this is why this passage today is so important. I taught this passage uh, in July, and I just recently did it at a funeral. And it, for me, was a really good moment where I realized, wow, I have completely missed this verse. Not the whole book, so the, uh, the, or the chapter is Psalms 23, but the first verse. I, I typically just kind of run past the first verse, and, the, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want want. The Lord is my shepherd. I started to pull back and go, what, why is that important? Like the first verse, the first thing you say is usually pretty important. They say like, Hey, make sure when you're doing a talk, make sure what you say on the front end and how you wrap it up. Like those things are really, really important. What happens in between is really important too, but people, those are memorable things. So David in one of the most famous Psalms that we know of starts off in verse one going, Hey, there's something you need to know is the Lord is your shepherd, that he is your shepherd. And so I started thinking, shepherd, that's an interesting thing to be said about the Lord. Like you could have said, like, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a, a conqueror. The Lord is uh, bigger than anything. Like you, you could have had all these vast, massive descriptions of who the Lord is. But David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And what is really interesting about that is David was a shepherd and he's thinking back to his days of being a shepherd. And shepherds were the most unassuming people. They, they really didn't matter. In fact, David's the youngest of his brothers. And usually that task was left to the youngest of the brothers. And it was kind of a meaningless job. You go out there and go shepherd those sheep, okay? Get away from us. All of us over here, we're going to go do the big stuff. And here, David, he ascribes this title of shepherd to the Lord. Unassuming? Really? But see, here's the, in, the really great thing about the Bible. The scripture is full of really unimportant people doing extraordinary things. Like, I think that we get caught up in, in thinking that we're somebody or we're something. And most of us are, pursu are pursuing our lives. And so we need a God to accommodate that. We need a God that will follow our dreams. And, you know, that's why the genie in the bottle thing, that just seems to make sense because it lines up with American theology, which is bigger, better, faster. And here David's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can say a lot of things about the Lord, but this is something I want to say right now. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and he is above all things. He is in control, but he is a shepherd. And sometimes the most unassuming, unimportant people do the most extraordinary things. 
John Veneer, he's one of my mentors. Uh, I've never met him, um, but I've read a lot of his books. And he um, started all these homes for people with severe mental disabilities. An incredible, incredible man. If you're looking to, uh, wanting to read a book, Becoming Human is one of my absolute favorite books. But John Veneer wrote this book. Uh, he recently passed away this year. Just a beautiful man beautiful, brilliant man who just cares for people that our world says don't matter. And he says this, I am struck by how sharing our weaknesses and difficulties is more nourishing to others than sharing our qualities and successes. And what David is saying about the, sh the shepherd and the Lord being our shepherd is he is so incredibly wonderful and protective and caring and a lot of times we miss that because we're so pursuing after all the large things, all the big things, and we're missing what he really is bringing to us. His presence is there. His power is there, but it's, it's not just an I am God, hear me roar. It's in the fact that he is shepherding us. He is near to us, that he will go after the one when the 99 are all around. He's like, no, that one matters because I'm a, I'm a shepherd. That's what I do. But we miss that so often. And we miss people in this world so often because we're looking for something bigger, grander. You know, like I, I did this funeral I was telling you about of this, uh, of this woman uh, named Heather. And Heather uh, had had many, many disabilities, and she had, was, had to be put into a home. But as her family started speaking about her, they would say that, that she brought joy wherever she went, that she was 100% in the moments that she was in, and, and, it, and she helped everyone kind of slow down. And I just thought that was like, I thought, man, I am so busy. I am moving so fast that maybe I'm missing these people in our world, and maybe more importantly, I'm missing the Lord as my shepherd. I, I, I am missing that, missing him as a shepherd, missing, missing him as somebody who cares for me and, and sees me and knows me. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're just running around so busy that you've missed out the fact that he is your shepherd. You know, that the things that we think maybe aren't all that important are actually pretty important. The fact that he is your shepherd is incredibly important. And then David says, as a result of him being my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, the whole passage, the whole passage of Psalms 23, it hinges on verse one. That one, let me tell you who the Lord is. He's your shepherd. Number two, let me tell you another thing about him. As a result of him being the shepherd and him being in control, you will not want. You will not want. In fact, what we find through the rest of the passage is this, is that he'll lead you to rest. That he'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll renew you. That we don't have to be afraid that he protects and he comforts us, that he anoints us, that he loves us, that he is preparing a place for us. We shall not want. 
because he is our shepherd. But so often we're running past verse one to get to the rest of Psalm 23. Give me all the goodies. And he's like, no, no, no. You first have to realize that number one, he's good and that he's shepherding you. And will you receive that? And when you receive that, you will come to understand that you shall not want. And in the New Testament, what we find is the exact type of language Except that Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And if we're not careful, we keep obsessing about all the things in this world that don't really matter and missing out that the shepherd has come after our souls. So that we should not, we, sh- we, we now can say in eternity, we shall not want anything because he paid the ultimate price He loved us so much. He laid down the most precious thing, his life, for you and I. He is the good shepherd. And he loves you. And he loves me. And yes, he wants to bring us rest. Yes, he wants to lead and guide us and renew us so that we don't have to be afraid to protect and comfort us, to anoint us, and that he loves us. And that he's saying, I prepared a place for you, but I had to die. That's how my, that's how good of a shepherd I am. I'm not some unassuming character in the narrative of our world. I am Lord and Savior over all. And maybe today, maybe you slow down and just think through that. Maybe just say to him, Lord, you are my shepherd. It's who you are. I'm struggling with all kinds of things today. That's who you are. And I shall not want. Right now, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm trying to figure that out. But I know if I find my rest in you, my peace in you, that I really can come to a place where I I shall not want. And ultimately, you laid down your life for me. So that I can say in eternity, I will come to heaven and go, it is you, it is for your glory, and I don't have another need in my life. And we focus on the right things. All things come into focus. Focus in, on, focus in on him as shepherd. And all the other things in your life can come into focus. We are getting too distracted with all the wrong things. And let's focus in on the right thing, that he is our shepherd and that he is good and that he is leading. And ultimately, he laid down his life for you and I and he resurrected and he is shepherding us still into eternity. What do you need to submit to to the good shepherd today in order to not want? What do you need to submit to the good shepherd today, right now, in order to not want? So may God, the good shepherd, love and lead us as we continue to trust his sovereign provision. Take a breath. Reflect. And believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.